There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me, as always, is Centauri Miner. Hello, folks. And help us move from awareness to action this week is Raymond Dom, the CEO of Excel. Raymond, welcome. Hey, guys. How are we doing? I am doing great. Centauri, how are you? I'm doing quite well. It is uh, chilly here in Phoenix, but I'm excited for this great holiday week. Yeah, do you have a favorite Hallmark movie you want to tell us about, Centauri? <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. Um, <laughs> and no, I, d I don't have a favorite because they're all amazing. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Ray, do you have a favorite Hallmark movie? Not Hallmark movie, but our family one is The Muppets Christmas Carol, so I'm not sure if that counts or, or kills my cool points here, but that's, that's, that's our go-to. No, I think that that's solid. I think that that's solid. And, you know, in, in the hierarchy of holiday movies, I think that's got to be top 10. So, perfect. So, Excel, it's an organization which serves children and adults with de uh, developmental disabilities, including, including autism spectrum disorder, behavioral disorders, and intellectual disabilities. And I, I understand that you have been uh, traveling abroad, and you, you told me that you're just in the process of of opening a um, a center in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia would love to would love to hear about that uh, yes sir yes sir yeah it's been uh, it's been quite a wild ride um, everything started happening really quickly in the spring of uh, actually just this year and uh, we we're asked to open up a continuation of our program uh, through a partner uh, Saudi Aramco who's obviously been in the news quite a bit lately with their recent IPO and uh, we've been able to transplant our program or a very close variant of it to uh, to the people in uh, the eastern province of Saudi Arabia for quite literally the first time uh, in the history of the area so we're, we're bringing services to kids who really and truly need it most that's that's, that's incredible um... I, I don't even know where to start. I've got a thousand questions. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, how I'm sure that there are other organizations such as yours. How 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 did you differentiate and, and, and get this opportunity? Yeah, boy, uh, I, I wish I knew all the answers to that question. Um, you know, I think it started with one of the things that's been a blessing for us, but also a little bit of a challenge is. We've got such a great reputation within our industry for providing amazing services uh, to, to, to children and adults with, with, with quite a few challenges and obstacles. And uh, some, some colleagues of ours, I believe, pointed them in our direction and, and uh, through a competitive process where quite literally the, the team at Aramco traveled the world for about three years. Uh, we were fortunately one of five in the world invited and uh, ultimately uh, were awarded the contract. So I, I think it was just, you know, great program, amazing people, and, and the ability to move quickly, nimbly, and, and execute pretty quick. Well, c congratulations. Wow. Um, what an honor and, and a testament to the kind of work that you're doing. So let, let's take a big step back. And I, I think I gave a really broad overview of the work that you're doing, but would love to hear just more about your organization and the mission and the vision and the impact and all that good stuff. Sure. Sure. No. And I appreciate you. You did a great job summarizing everything. Um, 
my organization has been around for uh, for 39 years. We're actually entering our 40th year of operation, which is really exciting. Um, and over the course of that time, we started off as a very small uh, private nonprofit special education school where we worked with children who were unable to be served within their homeschool districts in the public school system. And over the course of those 39 years, um, we uh, began to evolve to the needs of the community and opened up an adult program. So that after you know so many years of education, um, students at at graduation weren't left uh, left behind and still had the opportunity to continue to grow uh, as adults and continue to learn things and, and live lives of of dignity and self worth. And then we sort of went back um, about ten years ago and started early intervention programs to help prepare students uh, or potential students rather. Um, prepare them for the school setting and help them build the social skills necessary. So really trying to create that whole continuum of care uh, to serve to serve the community um, to the best of our ability. Which definitely makes sense um, that, that you'd want to be able to serve people at at every stage of <clears throat> of their lives. Um, hmm. What what have you found to be some of the biggest challenges with that with with that continuity of care yeah uh, it's, it's a great question um yeah there's so many parties involved i mean you you jump between state systems federal systems city systems um you know there's three or four players in the game part of this the the child's educational journey um, there's not a lot of continuity between those transition periods. I think that's probably the largest. And, and the other thing that's just a huge challenge, and it's it's very difficult to understand this intellectually, is the parents of these students, as soon as they're born or as soon as they're diagnosed, they have to fight for everything they can get, every service, everything. The, the system is, is challenging and complicated, and even those with resources and means uh, have a challenge navigating it and those without it's, it's it's even more difficult so raymond i can you give us kind of a little bit more about the demographics of students so esoterically i can kind of um, picture and understand this but what does that student look like who is the person in your classroom uh what are some yeah. of the things that they're actually struggling with yeah, no, I appreciate that, Centauri. Thanks, thanks for bringing me back. It's sometimes it's easy to get stuck in our bubble. Um, so this, the student that we work with, uh, typically about eighty-five percent of our students uh, are what we call nonverbal. So those nonverbal students have difficulty um, communicating the most basic human needs. So that that student, what we work with, and and how we serve them is we work with different uh, assistive technology devices to help them communicate and help them, again, you know, speak to just the very basic needs, let alone accessing curriculum. Uh, about 80% of our students are also on the federal free and reduced lunch programs. A lot of them are right at or below the poverty line. So these students not only are dealing with, with all the challenges that come with uh, intellectual disabilities, physical disabilities, but also not having the, the resources and means to uh, to really access all the care that um, uh, that they're entitled to and can. So our students range from the ages of you know five and six years old all the way up to 22, uh, which is how long you can stay in the education system in the state of Arizona. And then our adult program, uh, I think our oldest oldest member is about 76 years old. So it really runs the wow. runs the gamut of an individual's life. Got it. So we talked about how how from as soon as a, a child is diagnosed that the parents 
have to really dig in and, and fight for as much support as they can. It ha- has that been getting easier as 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 awareness ha- has increased? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, I think in some cases the answer is yes, but in a lot of cases there there's a significant bottleneck. Um, you know, I think the number of diagnosing physicians uh, for autism in the state of Arizona, or at least in Maricopa County, excuse me, is, is still in the single digits. Uh, so, so it's very difficult for parents to be able to uh, to get that initial diagnosis, which can also sometimes be the key to accessing the services that are necessary. So, uh, so might be it might be easier to, to initially spot but i think even accessing just the very first part of the care can, can be a significant challenge i'm shocked to hear that that the number of diagnosing physicians in the wow. state isn't is, wow. how how is that even possible yeah let me let me be clear i'm pretty i think it's i think i misspoke i believe it's maricopa county in the phoenix area but even so with with you know even over so. four million people even that's so. pretty significant is that how i that it seems like that is an opportunity for 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 more doctors to to move here and have great careers, or is it just an area of medicine that's just what? Why is that the case? That's that's a fantastic. I I'm not sure I have the answer for that. Um, and and you know that's not really. There's there's other organizations who who are really working to uh, to further that part of the continuum of care. And really, where we come in is. Is as that's happening, obviously partnering as much as we can to to raise awareness with that. But our our role really comes in to help the thousands and thousands and really tens of thousands of kids who are who are being diagnosed uh, afterwards, because that in and of itself is quite daunting as well. And Ray, um, with a lot of our guests, we have this um, kind of conundrum where this is obviously a big issue facing a lot of uh, parents and students. Um, both locally and nationally, but no one seems to really know about um, the problem or your organization. So talk to us a little bit more about uh, how you're getting ahead of kind of the messaging and just letting people know that, hey, this is a population that needs services, needs um, different programs, but there's not that many helping them. Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Centauri. And uh, it's one that we're, we're constantly asking ourselves and also trying to... to um, find new new ways to answer that. And I think what we've started to do and what we've seen some success with uh, very recently is working with some of the big players in and around uh, our communities that already have these incredible infrastructures set up and built that we can bring together and collaborate uh, to, to not just necessarily uh, focus on just one pinpoint area, but really create holistic and sustainable solutions to really starting with the education components, uh, not just education as, as we define it within school systems, but educating the parents what to do next, what's, you know, what, what resources are available to them, how soon can they access them, you know, the impact that it has when they start accessing them immediately. And I think that's, that's really the best way to approach this, this really just significant issue that, that our community uh, faces and will continue to face and continues to, uh, uh, become even more of an, an, an issue. Got it. So I know that you've been with the organization for uh, quite some time. How long have you been the CEO? Yeah, I've uh, been the CEO for a very long 18 months. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Perfect. So one of the questions we like to ask is what are the top three things that you've learned over the last three years? But let's just keep it to 18 months. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I can fill that up pretty quickly. Um, you know, I think the first thing is something that's sort of been reinforced, and I, and this, I hope this isn't cheating, uh, but you know, one of the things that you learn is just how incredible the human spirit is. Um, I worked with gentlemen coming out of uh, prison systems and homeless shelters in New York for, for almost 10 years. And I remember just being shocked at the obstacles these these mostly men were, were overcoming. And, and that's even more amplified with the students that we work with every single day. Um, the obstacles that they face and the things that they have to overcome are, and that they do on a just regular basis is just absolutely astounding. So the human spirit is, is, is pretty unstoppable if given the proper opportunity. Sort of the second thing um, is just how high the stakes are with the work that we're doing. I think it's easy for people um, to to talk about the nonprofit sector, not always the the, the shiniest of lights, uh, but the reality is, is what we're doing has such incredibly high stakes. The social issues that we're trying to tackle and the things that we're doing, uh, if we don't do them well and if we don't do them to the fullest extent, then you know, really, the, the 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 stakes are just significant, and the the impact is lost. Um, and I guess the the third thing is just really being open. Um, you know, the, the the opportunity in the Middle East was something that you know you have some initial reactions to. You know, just uncertainties and 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 you know, moving eight thousand miles away just to just to start something. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of scary things about that and moving into the unknown. Uh, but I'm just I'm so thrilled that the team that I work with was open to doing something uh, so significant and so out of our comfort zone. Rewards that we've reaped, not not financial, but just the stories that we've learned, uh, the people we've met, and the lives that we've touched already have just paid us back in droves. So being open mm -hmm. to even some of those scary things is uh, is is worth it. Yeah, I, 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 I can only imagine uh, what some of those conversations must have been, what what they're like, and and and, and, and all those things. So, and certainly I I, I, I echo your sentiment with uh, how inspired I am consistently by by how strong the human spirit is, and I appreciate the work that you're doing, and having a sense of how high the stakes are and a sense of urgency to, to get up and do the best job that you possibly can every day in order to serve the people that, 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 that need it. Um, how many people are, are in your organization? Yeah, we have uh, just over 400 employees oh, wow. and uh, we serve, mm -hmm. yeah, we serve about 450 individuals. Every Got it. Day. Yeah. Yeah. So being able to inspire all 400 to, to, to do the work that they are doing to serve the 400 people that you're serving, um, that's, that's got to be, a, it's got to be such an inspiring thing. Yeah. The, uh, you, you broke up a little bit there, but, uh, you know, I'm really fortunate to work with some incredibly, uh, talented and compassionate people and, and, uh, you know, I'd love to take credit for, for all that stuff, but our, you know, our students and the adults that we work with uh, inspire us every day. And uh, the people on the ground doing the real work, you know, keep that inspiration going. Ray, you touched on something in there that I obviously absolutely love. It's the um, it's the power of like of the social impact sector. So the work that you're doing and a lot of work that nonprofits are doing when people are think through like how they give or how they fund things. 
sometimes nonprofits are at the back burner because they feel like the impact just isn't big enough. When you think about uh, what you're doing and how government's not taking care of it, the private sector's not taking care of it, there has to be this third space where organizations like Excel come in and they all right, someone has to take care of these students, someone has to take care of these adults because no one else will. And being the, the agent behind that and being able to get up every morning to say, all right, this is the work that we are doing because it really is truly transformation in life and life-changing. I'm just always in awe of people who can do that uh, each and every day. Yeah, I know you, you, you raise a really good point, and, and I, I obviously appreciate the encouraging words, but uh, you know, the, there are so many gaps left in this system, and obviously nothing's I don't think anything's malicious. It's just sort of the way things have formed. And uh, again, that goes back to just how high these stakes are. I mean, if you start working with a child, a, you know, last year we graduated six kids from our developmental program into public um, kindergarten programs. I mean, those are kids that very well may have had to come into a private placement school with children with high needs um, who now get to sit alongside their peers in their home districts and, and learn with, you know, their friends in that setting. And I mean, just, it's a significant win, significant win. Um, and I think, you know, to, to go back to George's previous question, I believe it's, it's a question of how we, how we create that significant impact. And that's bringing together the other groups that are filling those gaps and then, and then bridging the conversations with the, uh, the different agencies, both federal and local who very much want to make a difference, but just don't always have the resources to do so. Um, yeah. But we're seeing a lot more of that, and we're seeing a lot of foundations push organizations like ourselves into those situations, uh, and rightfully so. So hopefully we'll continue to, to be a part of something big. Damn, I appreciate that. So the the work that you're doing um, so important here locally, and we only have so much bandwidth, right? I, I only have so much headspace. How, how did you balance making the decision to put some of those resources outside, like uh, uh, literally across the other, to, to, uh, to across the world, uh, because clearly there, there, there's going to be sacrifices that, that have to be made. So how did you, how did you make that decision? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a good question again. Um, you know, we have a large organization, but we have a very small leadership team. That's just, that's just the nature of, of the industry that we work in. Um, there's a lot of questions about whether or not we wanted to pursue this uh, at all. And then we started to hear some of the stories about the families and the students. And uh, as we went down that path, and we learned the real need that a lot of these students had never been in a school setting. And they were 10, 12, 14 years old. Uh, and they hadn't had the benefit of the students that we worked with every single day. I got to tell you that that convinced our leadership team that this was something worth worth pursuing. Um, and then whenever you heard about the other side of the coin, which are all these incredible people who'd been going to school, lo- local individuals from from Saudi Arabia, had been going to school in the U.S. and in the U.K. and Australia, and building up these really tremendous skill sets. But they were going back, and there weren't any any service providers, so they weren't getting to put into action. Um, you know, all the different things that they had been learning. Again, there's a gap, and we were able to serve as a connector. And uh, once the leadership team decided to say, let's pursue this wholeheartedly, I've got to tell you, it was, I've never, never been so humbled and so thankful in my entire life uh, as I was from, you know, April until September 1st and even afterwards to see really and truly a team of maybe a dozen people 
put together a program 8,000 miles away. Um, and in, what's really cool is we got some outside affirmation. I was with the, the Saudi Arabian Investment Authority a couple weeks ago in Riyadh, and we were told that we were the fastest company across any industry to go from licensing to operations and their history. Um, and to hear that, that this nice. you know, mid-sized nonprofit in Arizona uh, on just pure blood, sweat, and tears uh, was able to put that together is just really incredible. No, no kidding. Yeah. That must have been quite an experience to work with the Saudi Arabian Investment Authority. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're great. We're, we're, good, at, uh, we're good at a lot of things, uh, but ex- international expansion certainly wasn't one of them. Right. And uh, <laughs> some things were brute force to get it through, but, but I tell you what, we had a lot of great partners over there. That's for sure. Awesome. So people who are listening that that maybe weren't aware of of the need or the challenges or are aware of it, but but want to get involved, how would you how would you counsel people to do so? Yeah, it's a, it's a really great question. Um, you know, I think some of the biggest thing that people can do is just um, get more get more involved with the special education and special and. and uh, special education industry. I mean, whether it's schooling, whether it's uh, ancillary services like occupational therapy, speech therapy, just doing the, something like the Best Buddies program, whatever we can do to um, bring more people into the know and to, to learn some of the stories of the students and the, ultimately the adults who go through these challenges. I think once you start hearing these stories, you have no choice but to want to be involved somehow. So whether it's whether it's the volunteering with that, whether it's passing those stories along and, 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 and growing the, the pipeline of individuals who are going to be special education teachers or going to be the special, um, special therapy providers. That's just absolutely huge. Um, and there's several areas too um, within the state of Arizona that's very unique, unlike anything I've seen across the country, where individuals can even direct their tax dollars to charitable organizations or private, uh, private school programs serving individuals of uh, with these with these types of needs, look into that. Um, you know, adding the capital to groups to be able to create access, create education programs, etc. Um, that's that's tremendous. Um, and the last thing I'll say is, if if you have a special skill set, like like uh, any of you gentlemen, um, that allow the opportunity to scale up the call for education and, and creating access to resources and a number of uh, number of creative ways that's huge as well so lending expertise to to groups like us who don't typically have the capacity or capability to retain those types of services on our staff is is a huge huge thing so those, those are just a couple of ways people can get involved that's excellent i appreciate that yes sir and what is the actual website for excel yeah um and again i, I didn't mean to to, uh, to leave that out, I just want to say there's a lot of groups who do great work, um, and you can check them out. But uh, Excel is www.accel.org, so it's excel.org. Perfect. Centauri, what else? Um, no other questions for me. Just thank you, Ray, for being on. And um, also a, a, an additional plug would be if you are in the Valley, make sure you reach out to Ray to take a tour of one of the facilities I did I did so uh, maybe about a month ago and was just really impressed by the work that they do. And it was actually really eye-opening. So uh, thank you, Ray, for being on, uh, especially over your uh, holiday break. And um, kudos to the work that you're doing. 
Gentlemen, thank you so much for hosting me. I really appreciate you giving us a platform to chat. And Santari, thanks for that as well. We loved having you. And uh, both of you guys, we really appreciate the work you're doing uh, to get stories out like this. Thank you. Oh, I love it. And it's, it's, it's a pleasure. One final question for both of you. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. Uh, I've said no because I've never seen Die Hard and I don't want to watch it right now. I know that sounds terrible. Fair enough. No, it's not. There it is. Controversy. Controversy on the Figure It Out podcast. Thanks for waiting to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, perfect. Thank you again, Ray. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Go to uh, excel.org, A-C-C-E-L.org, and remember to keep questioning because the struggle is real. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.